Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started? And what are they doing to stay there? And oh my goodness, are you in for a treat today? Can you believe we are already in October of 2023? And I have another special guest. As today, I'm getting to talk to Craig Fisher. Craig is the, well, he's a talent acquisition leader at TalentNet Media. He's also an author of his new book, Hiring Humans, an Amazon number one bestseller. He's also the founder of TalentNet Live Conference and a whole lot more. Craig, so good to have you on the show. How you doing, man? Bruce, I am fantastic. It's a beautiful day in North Texas. Thanks for having me here. You bet. And I, you know, I always like to start the show kind of reflecting on when I met my guest. But before I do that, we're actually recording the Monday after OU Texas weekend. Boomer. And I know you're a graduate Sooner. from the University of Oklahoma. How are you feeling after that OU Texas win? Uh, I feel fantastic. It's <laughs> um, it's it, it was an unexpected win. The, the line actually got shorter as we got closer to the game, right? It went from five to four. And so, you know, all of us Sooner fans were sitting here with a bunch of Texas fans at my house watching. And we had uh, we had some positive anticipation going on. <laughs> but boy, as that game went on, it just got better and better. What a fun game. I mean, whether mm -hmm. you're an OU fan or a Texas fan, it was another classic. It was so much fun. Of course, we're Sooner fans, so we're very excited today. Hey, I want to uh, I want to go back to when we first like met. So we've known each other for a long time, but mm -hmm. one of the moments I remember, and I've seen you speak. You've spoke at Dallas HR. You've spoke at DFWTRN. You've spoke at, of course, TalentNet. We're going to talk about that. You spoke yeah. at National Sherm and so many other places. But I met with you uh, for lunch at Me Casinos, mm -hmm. and right. I, I want to say that was five six years ago or so. And you was telling me about your book that you were going to be writing and publishing. And here you are five years later, I, I'm holding up this book for all you listening, hiring mm -hmm. humans, attract, convert and retain top talent in the age of automation. Here you are. Now you're a published author. Do you remember that moment? I do. I remember talking to you very specifically and we were, uh, we were at the location what up six thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, we were talking very seriously because you were uh, a new, fresh author yourself uh, of what, your second book maybe at that time? Yeah, it was actually Find Your Lane. That was my first book. First book, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, and so we were talking shop and I said, look, it's going to take me a while, but I'm going to get a book done. And here we are. And here we are. And of course, I've got to serve on the uh, North Texas Relocation Board with your wife jennifer and so uh man it's been a great journey i've been to your conference i've, I've just been, admired you for a long time hey we're going to talk leadership we're going to talk hiring humans we're going to talk out uh, talent acquisition a whole lot more before we do that i always like for my guests to talk a little bit about uh, their organization and for you talent net media talk a little mm -hmm. bit about what is talent net media for those who don't know yeah so talent net media does uh fractional talent acquisition operations it's kind of an unsung hero in the HR and talent acquisition world. And so what that is, lots of times there's, there's something that's not quite working right with talent attraction or recruiting or hiring or onboarding. And usually it's a combination of things, right? It's, it's process improvement, it's technology, it's maybe a, a fractured relationship with one of your tech vendors, 
uh, or it's the attraction piece, right? Marketing and, and branding. And what we do is we take a microscope and a stopwatch to the entire process. And we, we tell you where the, where the holes are and, and help you fix them as an employer. You know, it's interesting when I joined Dallas HR back in, or I, it was mid 2000s, maybe 2005, 2005, I think is when it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember just this, it was bold, the war on talent. Mm-hmm. And here we are 20 years later, the war on talent, it's shifted a little bit. Um, but yeah. so I know there's a lot of people that are listening right now. They have a, an interest in that. I, I, uh, you, you sent me a copy of your book and I, I uh, have, have have read some of that, and I really, really like it. But before we get into all of that, mm-hmm. I want to hear the Craig Fisher story. I mean, I know that you're an OU graduate. I know a little bit about you, but I know there's probably some things I don't know about you. Where did you grow up, and how in the world did you get into talent acquisition and, and, and leadership? I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, hmm. uh, the thriving metropolis, uh, smack in the middle of the U.S. map, and went to University of Oklahoma because that's what we do. I I graduated with a degree in advertising uh, after four years at that fantastic school, and I got my first job uh, out of school with Glaxo Pharmaceuticals. Uh, They shipped me down to Houston to sell topical steroids and other uh, drugs. Zantac had just come out, and so I got to sell that number one best-selling drug ever as, as part of what I did. And I did that for a couple of years and I did pretty well. And I got to actually be a team leader and help hire people. Uh, and then I got a job selling hospital equipment in surgery in Dallas. And I came up to Dallas and I did that for a few years. And then the United States government changed the way companies could entertain doctors. And so that kind of changed the way all the healthcare companies were doing business. And a lot of my friends in healthcare sales jumped into physician recruiting and I got drafted into that, you know, similar deal. You're still selling to hospitals and working with doctors, but a different kind of sales. And once you get into recruiting, everyone will tell you who's ever done it. It's, it's very difficult to get out because it's, it's fairly addictive. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that quickly turned into the dot-com era and we were all recruiting for technology people. And really, I've literally been in recruiting ever since at, at every level. I've been a, a top performer. I've been a leader. Uh, I've been an owner. I owned a staffing firm for several years, A-List Solutions, uh, with my buddy, Jeff Lipschultz. And the whole time I'm doing this, I'm, I'm thinking of shortcuts and hacks and ways employers can market themselves better to make my job as their outsourced recruiter easier. And so I'm starting to teach the leaders at the employers that I work with. And these are big companies, right? HP, PepsiCo, places like that. And I started getting invited to give talks to their sales teams and their recruiting teams um, in-house. And that just kind of became a a thought leadership business all its own and then soon became a real consultancy. And I was able to sell my share of the day-to-day recruiting business to my partner and Kind of just do that full time since about 2011. You know, uh, in your book, you talk a little bit about the importance of employee branding and being a subject matter expert. And that's one of the things that you did. As I listened to your story, you became a subject matter expert yeah. and, and people want to hear your story. I, I'm wondering, I always like to ask a question around finding your lane. Like, 
Okay. So you, so you were, you got into sales and then you got into recruiting, which I look at that also as, as sales for the yeah. organization in a different way. And, and, and now here you are, uh, you've had a lot of success. Was there like a moment when you found your lane, when you said, Hey, I love this recruiting. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it as far as I can take it. Any thoughts around that? There was a, there was a moment, Bruce, when uh, I, I do a lot of interesting things to get my brand out there, to become that subject matter expert. And one of them is a lot of search engine optimization. Uh, mm. So I put, uh, I started years ago when the internet became a thing, I took LinkedIn apart and I figured out how to kind of hack that platform to put my name near keywords I wanted to be known for right mm -hmm. near locations all over my LinkedIn profile. And I would also post a lot of pictures of myself. I'd take selfies with every famous person I could get near and uh, friends in the industry. And I would name those uh, photos in my laptop, Craig Fisher, employer brand strategy, Dallas, Texas. Right. And I put those all over the internet as well. And so one day, uh, a recruiter from Allegis Global Solutions called me, this is 2015, and said, hey, there's a legacy technology company, Fortune 500 firm here in Dallas, that kind of needs an employer brand turnaround. Do you think you could help them out? I said, that sounds like CA Technologies. They said, that's it. We want hmm. you to go in there as a talent acquisition leader and, and do your thing. I said, how'd you find me? They said, well, you were on the first page of Google for employer brand strategy, Dallas, wow. Texas. And I said, yes, of course I was. And that, that was, that was the moment I knew that this was kind of my deal. Oh, that's fantastic. I, lo I love that. That's a great story. Cause I think you actually talked a little bit about in your book, how LinkedIn, you actually were asked by some, uh, I don't know, leadership in, in LinkedIn to come in and help you train mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. Uh, what, what was that story? So my friend Jason Seiden had started a, a LinkedIn training company. It was the mm. first ever LinkedIn training company in North America. And he had a, he had a good friend that was a leader there. And I had developed some of these methodologies, what LinkedIn later called resume branding. And it was the act of putting these keyword stacks in the about section and the experience section of your LinkedIn profile. And uh, they took that as an internal best practice and asked us to come teach their sales teams how to use LinkedIn better. I want to. I do want to get into the to the book, but I, I want to dive into this LinkedIn just for a second because there's a lot of people listening that are in HR, they're in mobility. Why is that important to them, LinkedIn? Because I, I was just actually I was just talking to a young leader, mm -hmm. just graduated from college, and his company was sharing that they want him to like start sharing some information. Mm -hmm. And he was reluctant to do that. He said, you know, I, I don't know if I want that all over my LinkedIn. And mm -hmm. I thought it was very interesting because I look at it from a totally different perspective. Just for the listeners, why why, why is that important that they have uh, that LinkedIn profile, even if they're not in sales? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So recruiters use um, websites like LinkedIn and Indeed and even Glassdoor to learn more about job candidates and employers, right? And so you want to use the platforms that recruiters are on, right? If you're trying to get hired. 
if you're even trying to just do your job better, right? And people want to find you to collaborate on things. I mean, mm. these days we use partnerships for expanding our roles and, and you know, shortcuts in getting things done. Uh, and the easier you are to find, right, the better off you are. LinkedIn is one of the highly, most highly search engine optimized platforms on the planet. It relies on Google for its traffic. And because of that, your profile will come up high in search results on Google if done correctly. And, you know, that's, that's just easy to win. I mean, is it easier, Bruce, to call 5,000 people or to have 5,000 people find and contact mm. you? Mm, that's a good point. You know, I've always looked at it as connection points. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you have your profile up to date, somebody sees something, they're like, Hey, I see you. I want to know more about that. Or I want to connect with, I just want to follow them. I just want to learn from them. Uh, and so that, that, that's great. Hey, I do want to ask you a quick question around mentors. I always like to talk about mentors. I think it's important. Have you had any like mentors that helped you on your journey? And if so, what was it about them that made them such a great mentor? One that I refer to a lot, even in my book, is a guy named Jerry Crispin. Hmm. And he started a company called Career Crossroads. Um, they published a book in the 2000s that has sold thousands and thousands of copies just on the recruiting process. And they help employers get together in these colloquiums and have conversations. But he's kind of the godfather of the recruiting world in the modern era. And it, it, he just gives me encouragement. He mm. tells me when I've got a good idea or a bad idea, but just pushes me to do more and do better and, and tells me I'm capable of doing great stuff. It's like what your mom and dad did when you were young. If they wanted you to be any good, they said, look, you can do anything you want, anything you can set your mind to. Norman <laughs> Vincent Peale. I love that. That is fantastic. Mm. I, you know, uh, it, it's great to be surrounded by encouragers and and like you said truth tellers say mm -hmm. sometimes hey you're not you're not going the right direction here hey well let's talk hiring humans here uh first of all where did you come up with that title is that something that's been on your mind for a while or did somebody did you collaborate where, where'd that title come from i had a great collaborator named Corey kirby he was he was the guy who published my book and uh you can you can find him at uh cory kirby but or CoreyKirby.com. But he is, um, it, I came up with the title, but it was after many iterations. And uh, wh what we wanted was something simple that really you didn't need an explanation for. And we've got all this talk about AI and automation happening right now in the world, right? And it, it's kind of counter programming. So mm we think about this. Yeah. We're using all these machines and candidates complain about the applicant tracking system blocks their resume and all this stuff. Some of that's true. Some of that's not, but the, the real reality is recruiters are supposed to build relationships and computers can't do that because mm. we are after all Bruce hiring humans. Mm. And so there's a lot of talk about tools and shortcuts and AI in this book, but it also is about how to keep the human touch in HR. I was at a, uh, I was at National Sherm last year and I was listening to Carol Kibbers, a friend of, friend of mine, VP of HR that was talking about AI in the workplace. And she said, one thing AI doesn't do is inspire. And that, that's like, that was my walk away, right? Mm -hmm. I was just like, 
you know, it's all about building relationships. It's, it, 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 there's so much more. AI is going to do some great things, but um, hey, well, okay. So we, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the, the title of your book. I want to, I want to get into kind of a little bit, give, give the listeners a sneak peek. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of, I, I wrote down three different chapters that have really stuck out to me. I want to touch on these and then I want to ask you um, a question uh, on your favorite that you started with no, you started with a chapter called know thyself. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that important to start? I, but I love that because I think it always starts with us. Right. Right. Yeah, it does. So I'm uh, an introspective person. I think about, you know, what I do, where I am, what, <laughs> what's good and what's bad about me uh, all the time. Right. But uh, as an employer, you have to also understand okay, you know, we're Toyota or we're whoever, we're a great employer and people want to work for us. But the reality is not every job seeker who you might need really knows what you're like, what, mm-hmm. what the company's like on the inside. I mean, we hear about Kaizen, right? So continuous improvement, but what does that mean to the average engineer? Um, and so the idea is you can't just say, hey, we're great, put up a help wanted sign and everybody's going to come running. You have to actually court some people and you need to know what it feels like to apply to a job at your company. I Mm. mean, sometimes it's clunky, Bruce. Sometimes we send candidates to uh, this, this uh, login screen where they have to create an account in order to apply for a job with our company. And that seems, you know, foreign and odd to a lot of people. And they can't remember the password or the username that they use to, log in the first time if they ever come back. And there are just sometimes some some roadblocks that get in the way of a smooth experience there. And we want candidates from the very get-go, even when they just maybe read our job description, to feel like this is a place that speaks to them. And so you need to apply to your own jobs and understand what the candidate is going through before you ever do uh, you know, any um, campaigning or advertising or ice the cake you got to bake the cake first i love that i would i would love to know uh from the listeners send send craig a note send me a note or put it out there on linkedin have you ever applied for your own position i and personally i have not now i have moved so i work for the armstrong company i have moved with our company so i know what that experience is like Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's probably a lot of people that work for armstrong that have not moved with armstrong well it's kind of a similar thing well what about the, when someone's applying for a job, what are they going through? And that's one of the, the things I often hear out there when people are talking to me is they're like, some make it very challenging to apply for a job. Just like you said, you, you know, you have to create a profile. I mean, who wants to do that? Right. Right. There are sometimes long assessments. There are too many questions. There are easier and faster modern ways to do things now. Communicate better write better message. Don't just take the default message that comes out of the applicant tracking mm. system to tell the candidate we received your resume. Mm. I mean, step one. Um, and a little bit of AI helps. I mean, uh, right. Because it can help you communicate better. Um, and so there are places for that and can help you uh, schedule interviews, leaving recruiters to do the thing they're supposed to do best, which is build relationships and not spend time on administrative tasks. Since you brought up AI, I do want to ask you, okay, so how, how are companies using AI or what is the best way to use AI? So 
Uh, I once heard that uh, Southwest Airline gets 20,000 resumes a month. I think that just mm-hmm. sounds incredibly high. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. You would think that scanning a resume AI would probably be a place for talk a little bit about maybe a couple of different spots that you are seeing AI having, or you see where AI fits Mm -hmm. uh, in in talent acquisition. So we just talked about employers that make it difficult to apply. Okay. Um, And then there's the opposite extreme where Indeed and LinkedIn have an easy apply that makes it too easy to apply. And employers who take that route should take the extra step of asking at least one knockout question to ensure that the candidate is accurate. But a lot of times they don't. And so you get thousands of applicants that aren't accurate for the job. So where AI is really good is at matching technology. You take what's on the resume and you put it up against what's on the job description, neither of which are accurate, by the way. But at least you get a list of people who are as close to that as possible. Now, uh, there's legislation coming out, um, you know, in Illinois and New York and California that says, well, you better make sure there's no bias built into that process and be ready to be audited. So, yes, there's good things that AI can do, matching, scheduling, um, things like that, uh, that really, really do help. We just have to make sure that it's not, um, you know, rejecting people that might really be a good fit for that job and, and there's no bias built into it. Yeah, it sounds like we're just scratching the surface here. It's just a you know we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of change here. But the the the, the key is what I've heard is you just need to embrace getting to know AI, trying to figure out ways you can uh, make it fit or mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. Hey, uh, one of the chapters that got my attention was the five to one give to ask. And I thought that was interesting because anytime I hear the word give, it gets my attention because I always believe it's all about giving, right? The return will come, just giving, giving, giving. Talk a little bit about five to one, give to ask. So you've heard of the 80-20 principle, right? Okay, Pareto principle. That's right. It works well for relationships. It works well for just about uh, anything, Uh, your marriage, uh, whatever. If you give more than you ask, listen more than you talk, uh, then people appreciate that. I mean, they feel like they can open up to you. And, you know, in I, I thought for recruiting and for talent acquisition, certainly this applies here. And it's a content ratio. So first of all, you need to understand who you are as an employer. Second of all, you need to understand who your audience is, right? Build a persona for the type of people you're trying to recruit. And then when you understand what their pains are and what you have inside your organization that might answer those pains, right? The good things about your company, the honest and transparent things that you can offer that might speak to them, then you can post stuff about what's good about your organization that they might like on a regular basis far more often than it. And then every once in a while say, oh, and by the way, we're hiring. Mm. So you know, a five to one ratio is just an easy thing to remember. There's some science behind it. And uh, it, it's just a good best practice to help build an audience and build your network. I love that. From a personal branding standpoint, I'm often uh, posting things that I'm involved in, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm involved in SHRM. I'm involved in uh, Texas SHRM and the North Texas Relocation Professionals and things we're doing in the community. 
Uh, but every once in a while, I want people to remember that, hey, by the way, we can serve you if you need to relocate talent. Uh, right. But I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to be a giver, uh, mm-hmm. most importantly. And so I love that. So from a content perspective, that's fantastic. I think the listeners will uh, be able to use that. And so five to one ratio. Remember that. And then the and then the 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 third thing was we're talking about employer branding. So you talk mm-hmm. about both employer branding, but you also talk about employee branding. Uh, it's so important uh, that 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 like you said, we need to know who we are. Talk talk a little bit about employer versus employee branding because I know that there's some. There's some leaders out there that are they they want to make sure that they are set up from an employer branding perspective, mm-hmm. but they also want to make sure that as an employee in their organization that they are uh, getting across what they want to be known for, right? You know, this is these terms get used interchangeably a lot online, and that's not really accurate mm-hmm. uh, because an employer brand is sort of what you offer to the world as an employer, to your employees, right? What's good about your organization and uh, what do you offer that's unique? Why would people want to work with you, for you? But um, those stories are often best communicated through the people in your organization versus your brand. So personal profiles get... uh, almost a hundred times more views than content that comes from an organization's profile. And so you, you want your people to kind of carry the message for your organization to be transparent and uh, open and uh, communicate well. So if you can get your people talking a little bit and, and help encourage them to understand that they are the front line, they are the ambassadors to the rest of the world to help attract more great people to the organization, both customers and job candidates, you know, your future workforce, um, and give them a voice, give them some permission, a little Mm -hmm. bit of training, some uh, common sense guidelines, and uh, say, you know what, if you enjoy working here, talk about it a little bit. Here are some ways to do it. Here are some things you might do. Remember this easy ratio, five to one give to ask. And don't just feed them jobs to post because that's not really helpful and it doesn't really explain anything about your company. I love that. So you're basically equip you're you know, you need to equip your people because that's where I was gonna go with sites like, well, how do you how do you persuade people in the organization to talk about your company? Because some people mm-hmm. are fairly shy. They and I believe that a lot of people would like to post on social media. They're just like there's that uncertainty or unsuredness, so therefore they just back away from it. That's but right. you just shared something that I thought was interesting. You said, hey, give them a story. So you're mm-hmm. basically saying, hey, share. Hey, And also, I like to go back to remember the why. Like, why did you join the organization? Right. Um, and, and so do you run into that? Do you run into people asking you like, hey, how do we get our people to talk more about our company? Like, yeah. what are some thoughts around that? Yeah, all the time. So that's one of the things that I do and sort of how I started out was teaching organizations how to get their employees to be better brand ambassadors. Mm. And so we do that a lot. Um, I just did a really interesting project for a company called Continental Services. 
and they're a big food service organization um, up in out of uh, Detroit. And they had acquired multiple other organizations and everybody was on a different page. And so they decided to redo their core values to kind of pull everyone together, right? Under a, a little bit of a tighter net um, and explain, this is who we are and we want you to talk about it. And so, you know, where do you start with that? Well, maybe the recruiting team and then the sales team and maybe then the customer service team need to understand these things very well. How do you communicate this to the outside world? So you start there with the front facing people in the organization, and then you do some training, create some videos, show them how to do it for the rest of the organization and just say, Hey, look, talk about what you love about work. Talk about your coworkers, talk about a day in the life of your job, right? Nothing confidential, but um, just talk, if you will. We did a thing at CA Technologies, Bruce, that you're going to love. I surveyed the entire organization and found that one of the unique things about working there was uh, that people liked was pet benefits. Hmm. You, you got a day off if you asked for it to socialize with your new pet. And so we figured out, okay, that comes through HR. So we find out about it. And we decided to start sending them branded swag for their pet, right? A dog bowl and a handkerchief with CA technologies on it. And I put a postcard in this little cheap tchotchke bag that said, listen, uh, congratulations. If you're going to celebrate with your pet by posting pictures online, we'd love to help you celebrate. Tag us and we'll repost your post. And uh, and we did. And thousands of people all over the world uh, started doing this. Our Instagram account grew, you know, 15x. And uh, we started organically attracting new people to the organization that didn't know anything about us before. That is fantastic. I love that story. And that goes back to the personal connection, right? You got to find out what me, what what's important to to people. Oh man, this is so good. This is so good. Hey, let me ask this. Um, any, were there any other, uh, favorite chapters? I know you also have a, at the end of the book called you're a hacker, mm-hmm. but that was a great, like you're that that's a giver, right? You're mm-hmm. like, Hey, let me show you some different, uh, resources and things like that. It, talk about maybe a couple of, of favorites. Yeah. So some of the things we've already talked about, some of those LinkedIn hacks are, are yeah. really great, but okay. uh, you know, there are other things. Um, so if you have a, a job that you're trying to get somebody to apply for, there's a really easy and free way to make that show up high in Google search results, create an Eventbrite event for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And your tickets are times that people could interview you for that job. So you sign up for an interview time by purchasing a free ticket. You put the name of that job title uh, as the title of the event in the about place on the event. You write the job description, right? And you post it as an event. And Eventbrite events show up really high in Google search results when you use keywords to find it, right? This is a free, easy, cheap hack that um, is so easy to do. I mean, you can... You can do it in five minutes and it really works. I get people signing up for these interview times and, you know, you ask, you can ask knockout questions um, with your tickets. If you just know a little bit about Eventbrite, it doesn't take much uh, to learn. So I, I list several of these just, you know, easy hacks that you can get away with in life 
that make your job easier and make your life better. And uh, I, I like to share stuff like that. That's fantastic. I love that. So your subtitle, Attract, Convert, Retain, Top Talent, top talent in the Age of Automation. I do want to uh, just real quick talk about those three words. Mm-hmm. So attract, we've talked about that today. Mm-hmm. Um, convert, yeah. the importance of conversion, and then uh, retention. Talk, talk mm-hmm. a little about about what what that means and how important is that. So this book is an amalgamation of about twelve uh, stories from major employers where I've helped to uh, create an an interesting outcome. And it's sort of the various pieces to the puzzle that I use to kind of attract, convert, and retain talent. So kind of in that order. You can attract talent, right, with branding and advertising, but converting, that's that point of drop-off where people fall out of the process because your application process is bad. Uh, If you can't convert them or you can't measure that you're Mm. converting them, then it doesn't happen. Uh, so yeah, maybe you're hiring people, maybe recruiting is not broken, but if you could measure it, then you could report on it better and probably improve it. Uh, so if you do hit a paywall or a login screen, and that's your big point of drop-off, well, there's an easy way around that. I mean, you can create a landing page that makes it a shorter application and direct people back to fill in the rest of the information later. There are ways around that. You can improve your conversion numbers with some you know, simple process improvement, a little bit of technology. And then that retention piece, when you involve your organization, your people in carrying the message of what a great company we are and give them a little bit of a voice, right? You engage them and employee engagement is one of the top things that surveyed employees concern about, uh, is we're bored, right? We, we, uh, either don't have enough to do or we don't get enough communication from management. We're stuck at home all day on Zoom calls or whatever. Uh, and so, you know, that little thing right there, just get them involved and, and help them to understand that they're an important voice in the world really improves retention. This is so good. Hiring humans, attract, convert, and retain top talent in the age of automation. Uh, you're going to want to pick up a copy of this book, and I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I do want to ask you uh, one question, and that is, uh, what are you most proud of now that you published this book, Craig? I do really uh, interesting projects with big organizations and some small organizations, and um, I, I'm adamant about documenting, Bruce. Uh, every You know this uh trick of mine. Every time you have a good outcome, somebody says way to go, or that was great, or thank you. I take a screenshot of it and I put it in an online document. And I call that my gratitude document. Mm. And anytime somebody says, well, what have you done for me lately? I can just pull it out and say, here it is. Here's all the (laughs) things that have recently (laughs) happened that that I've done, right? So your quarterly reports or whatever you, you have to do, that's a good way to keep track. But I document really well. And these case studies that I've written um, are are some extension of that. And I'm just glad that I'm uh, very doggedly determined to prove that, you know, you can have good outcomes. I don't ever talk about things I haven't done. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm just proud of the fact that, uh, I, you know, I do the work and I document the work and, and now I get to talk about the work. 
Hey, so there's somebody out there right now that uh, is listening. They're like, man, that's fantastic. Here, Bruce wrote a book. Craig's got a book out. I'd like to write a book. Mm -hmm. Any, uh, I don't know, any advice on where somebody should start if they have a book inside of them? Well, you know, we just, we just talked about documentation, right? If you've got Mm. good outcomes that you've documented, Mm. go back and start collecting those and see if they go into any kind of order that would make sense for the story that you usually tell yourself or others about who you are and what you do. Yeah, that's fantastic. This is so good, man. I'm proud of you. I, I love the book. I, I, you know, what I like about the book and uh, for those who are listening, I'm, I'm holding up the book right now. And again, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's a short read. It's it's about a hundred pages. It's uh, tight. And and what I like about it, it's like one of those books that you can get on a an airplane. You're going to go travel. You can get on an airplane. You can read half of it there and half of it and, and other half on your way back. I mean, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's just. But it's going to be one of those where you're going to underline it. You're going to highlight it, and you're going to share that uh, with your team. I think it's a great book for. A uh, company to actually get all of their team members, to be honest with you, uh, in in the especially in the talent acquisition space. And so it's so good, so good. Hey, I want to. Uh, we're getting ready to shift to. It's time to accelerate. I told you the time is going to fly by. It always does. Mm-hmm. Like I have like another twenty questions I want to ask you, Greg. But I do want to ask you this one uh, question before we shift to. It's time to accelerate, mm-hmm. and it's a question around advice. Mm-hmm. And you've given a lot mm-hmm. of great advice today. Uh, but I always like to ask if there's been ever, uh, if you've ever been given any advice, it was just so good. You just find yourself sharing that with others. So I, you know, there's a lot of advice that I get and I'm, um, I, I'm good at reflecting, I think. Um, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to improve because I'm certainly not perfect. Uh, but my first advice is go to hiring-humans.com and check that out. But mm-hmm. secondly, the best advice that I ever got was don't be the smartest person in the room, mm. right? And, you know, let, let other people be smart. You, you know, you listen and, uh, and, and you, you learn like that. I love that. I was just listening to a podcast by, uh, my sister was a guest on the podcast and she was, she was interviewing with someone else that they, they just both recently received their PhDs. Mm-hmm. And so these are some smart people. And they were talking about when they first went into the the classroom, how they were feeling like they weren't worthy, like people are so smart around us. And she talked about being around great minds is how they grew so much. And as you shared, I always talk about your network as your net worth. And I try to surround myself with great people, people that I can learn from. And so as you share that advice, I just quickly went there. I was like, what great advice. Uh, just surround yourself with great people. If you want to write a book, go surround yourself with some authors. Or right. if you want to be a great at employer branding, uh, go you know surround yourself by the companies that are doing it great. Or uh, get with uh, Craig and, and I'll certainly put your your link in the show notes. Hey, I want to shift to some fun facts. Uh, it's time to accelerate. I do like to ask the question. I mean, you just published a book, but would you rather read a book or would you rather listen to it on audible? And by the way, is it on audible yet? Uh, or would you rather listen to a podcast? So it's not on uh, audible yet. Uh, my plan is to get some famous people like Jerry Crispin to each read a chapter. Maybe you Bruce. That'd be fantastic. Uh, right. <laughs> and then uh, I will kind of break it down in between chapters. And that's, oh. that's the goal. So, uh, you know, kind of a, a second life for the book at that point. Um, but 
I prefer to read books. I, I read a lot of books. Uh, next would be a podcast. And, and then third in that order uh, would be listen to a book. So you talked earlier about your, uh, your gratitude emails, your gratitude mm-hmm. channel, your gratitude file. I like, I love that. Like I had chills whenever you, you mentioned that. And I know there's people listening right now. They've got their pen. I've got a full page of notes from our conversation today. I'm so thankful for this conversation. Uh, but I always talk about great leaders or grateful leaders. What are you most grateful for, Craig? Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to have the group of peers that I've got in the world mm-hmm. uh, who give me an opportunity just to be a part of their thing, right? I get, I get really fun and interesting opportunities in life and I'm constantly grateful. And the, you know, the first paragraph of my book is basically the Cherokee Indian for, I appreciate you. And, uh, and that's, that's how I kind of go through life. I appreciate you too, Bruce. Well, and I appreciate you being here. And I, you know, I just thought about that. You actually, I'm holding up a picture. Craig's got his family picture on the front page. <laughs> that is fantastic. And then you talk about gratitude mm-hmm. and that's how you start the book. And so I, I love that. It's fantastic. Hey, okay. So outside of town acquisition, like what energizes you outside of work? So, uh, you know, I'm a big sports fan like you, Bruce and I are both, uh, Oklahoma Sooners and, uh, fans and, uh, I, I get to watch high school football, mm. um, all the time because I've got a, I've got a kid who has played in the South Lake system since he was about four mm. and, uh, and, and just watching that journey, their growth, this, you know, group of kids has played together for a long time. And, uh, and I get together with their dads on a regular basis and we get to talk about kids playing football. And and so, you know, I, I, I like kids, I like sports and and that's where my energy comes from. I love that, man. I, I was just thinking just now, as you were sharing that and you talked about football, uh, those coaches that are successful coaches, they're successful mm-hmm. at hiring humans and that's building right. those great, great relationships and all of it, man, that is, Oh, this is so good. Hey, this is my last question. Probably my favorite question, Craig. Craig, 10 years older, is around the corner mm-hmm. and he's knocking at your door mm-hmm. and you're going to go answer that door. What's he, what's he going to say to you? <laughs> he's going to say, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Mm-hmm. I, love that. I don't, guys like you and me, you know, there might be a, a, a time where there's a kind of retirement, but then there's other things that we do that I think we'll just always keep doing. So I'm with you on that. It, it's like, uh, I tell people all the time, it, it, it really is not a myth uh, when they say, when you find the work you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. You just do it because you are serving and it fills you up to see people have success. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love, this has been so good. Oh my goodness, Craig. I appreciate you coming on today, sharing your, your wisdom, your perspective, talking about, I'm, I'm going to hold it up one more time. Hiring humans, attract, convert, and retain top talent in the age of automation. You're going to want to pick up the book. Uh, Craig, for those who listen today, I think, um, once you go ahead and, and share how they might be able to connect with you if they want to learn more or, or follow you. Absolutely. So I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. We've discussed that. You can just look for Craig Fisher, employer brand strategy, Dallas, Texas. That's the best way you can find me all over the place, but, uh, hiring humans.com also takes you to the talent net media uh, page. And in fact, on that book page, there is a free download of chapter one. If you want to check it out first, 
I'm also at Fish Dogs, F-I-S-H-D-O-G-S, on Instagram and Twitter. Connect with me everywhere. I am a very social person and will be friends. That's fantastic. This has been so good. I appreciate you. Uh, I cannot wait to see where this book takes you and uh, all the good things ahead. So, Craig, I, I appreciate you so much. And most importantly, I appreciate your friendship. Thanks for coming on today. Same, Bruce. Glad to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. I'll talk to you later, man. 